Alrighty, fans, what is up? We are here. We are live on the internet on youtube.com slash hoops and brews as well as youtube.com slash HMB Media. If you are watching us right now on youtube.com slash HMB Media and you are one of those two million people that are following us, welcome. Thank you for joining. Shout out to the homie Ernie TV. Uh, you know, he's already in the building, he's ready to go. Um, but, anyways, I am here back with the new show in LA. We are here to talk Clippers basketball and Clippers basketball only. We have our show King Watch. King Watch went yesterday, and I was like, you know what? I cover the Clippers. We don't. Co I don't cover the Lakers, but we got a Lakers, uh, you know, fan uh, show called King Watch. King Watch LA. Make sure you go and you check that out. And it inspired me to want to get back into it because the NBA players are now in the bubble. I didn't necessarily want them to go and play, but now that they are playing, and now that we are here. I am excited to see what is going to happen. Um, I do appreciate how eloquently a lot of the players and coaches have been speaking about everything that has been going on. You can tell that uh, that they spent a lot of time during their hiatus thinking about and dealing with these current issues that we have in the social climate. But today I have a special guest with me. I know you can see him. I'm going to bring his audio in. Nick Hamilton, who is a reporter for the L.A. Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers as well. Veteran on the scene in L.A., all-around great guy, legendary reporter. Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you for joining me. You know, I know this is your afternoon. Um, you know, you're always on TV. I see you talking in the morning. So go ahead, talk to the people, let them know where they can find you at and kind of what you do. Yeah, man. Uh, you can find me on all uh, social media platforms at Nick Hamilton LA. You can catch me at Nightfall Media. That's N-I-T-E-F-A-L-L-M-E-D-I-A. -L -L -E um, I'm, I'm on different platforms. I do. Uh, I got like three shows now that I'm doing. Uh, one is on the Good News Radio. The other one is now on Dash Radio and Dash Talk X, the opposite reaction. And, uh, you know, just catch me when you catch me. I'm going to win like paper plans. Yes, exactly. Uh, Nick is a great guy. Um, thank you, Nick. I appreciate you for coming through to talk some thank you. basketball. Uh, so today, you know, obviously we cover the Clippers. Um, NBA media is now going insane. I mean, I think we've probably been on more, uh, you know, press uh, conference calls than we probably were in, in a three or four day span, you know, before at all when the season was happening. I mean, obviously the Clippers are a team that notoriously doesn't practice a lot. Doc Rivers is a, is a coach that notoriously doesn't make his uh, you know players practice a lot when they are putting forth the effort or on a championship run. Um, so this team is a team that hasn't spent a lot of time in the gym. We haven't spent a lot of time with them in the gym covering them, I mean, other than just like the usual practices. So obviously, um, Kawhi has finally made his way into the bubble. He is a person that was, you know, speaking, um, you know, today he talked to the media. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm actually going to play, uh, you know, a clip of Kawhi. He's talking about the NBA season, how optimistic he feels about everything that's going on, as well as the NBA bubble and what he thinks about it. And then afterwards, I'll talk to Nick about what he thinks about Kawhi finally joining the team. He actually arrived later than the rest of the players. Go ahead and I'm going to cut to Kawhi. Thanks, so, Ohm. Uh, Chris Haynes, you're next, Chris. Go ahead. Hey, Kawhi. Um, wanted to ask about the, the significance of this title run and how, how you think this will be perceived or compared to others. You know, obviously there's people talking about rewarding asterisks um, to this season. How do you look at this season and the, the trials you got coming up as you guys try to make this championship um, push? Uh, this is just the layout of this year, you know, so uh, just pretty much stay focused. I mean, uh, you know, it's not like a, a regular um, 
NBA season. Um, you know, nobody life is, you know, pretty much how they planned it to be at this point, uh, you know, with the pandemic. Uh, so, I mean, just take it for what it is. Uh, you know, everybody's happy that, uh, you know, a championship will be crowned this year. And if that's uh, the 2020 championship, then, you know, we won it. Um, so, you know, that's how I look at it. Um, this is what the layout is just for us to go out there and, you know, complete this journey. Uh, Dan Wojcicki, you're up. Dan. Hey, Kawhi. Um, I'm, I'm curious. The NBA just announced that two players um, tested positive in quarantine in Orlando. Um, 19 others still haven't made the trip. Um, cases are what they are in Florida. How, how confident are you in the bubble as a whole? And how likely do you think this works? How confident am I in a bubble, meaning what? Like, keep you guys, to, keep, to keep you guys safe. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's no surprise to me that somebody, you know, got it within the bubble. Uh, you know, you know, you bring in so many people from different cities and states, and you, you, there's no control over it, pretty much. Uh, you know, but I think we're doing the best that we can. The NBA put, you know, together, you know, this process, uh, this quarantine, and you know, we're doing everything you know, under the guidelines of testing every day, um, trying to keep, you know, ourselves social distant from everyone. But, you know, who knows? Well, I mean, what's going to happen? All we could do is try to stay optimistic about it and be positive and, you know, hopefully we could finish this season. All right. So that was Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, just spoke for a couple minutes. Um, he talked about, uh, you know, kind of the – the reservation to actually go out and play now that they are there, not being there, the, um, and also acknowledging kind of, um, you know, everything that is kind of, you know, has been going on. Kawhi is usually a guy that people, you know, don't look as as being a guy that's one of the most eloquent. Nick, what are your thoughts on Kawhi finally joining the team in the bubble? What are your expectations for Kawhi Leonard this postseason? Obviously, he was playing great basketball on a tear, but a little banged up before. Doc Rivers says he's 100% healthy. What are your thoughts? Well, I think he's absolutely 100% healthy. I think that, that four-month layoff probably did him just as much like we talk about, you know, LeBron James, anybody else that needed rest. I think Kawhi is healthy. I think Kawhi is a guy that's focused now. I think he's, he, um, he kind of said earlier, you know, he treated like it was the offseason, like he was prepping for the offseason. So the things that he did during the break uh, were going to be crucial for him getting back into the bubble and then getting his legs up under him and then getting ready to, you know, obviously join his teammates uh, for that first practice and then trying to, you know, have a, a successful and productive first practice. So I think Kawhi is definitely ready to go. Uh, he, he, his, his personality um, displayed that he was ready. He was focused all about business. And that's what you want to see. If you're a Clippers fan, if you're Clipper Nation, you want to see your superstar be about that action and, and make sure that you, you rally the troops and get things done. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm looking at Kawhi actually to have a bigger – uh, postseason probably than he's ever had in his career. I think Kawhi Leonard this year can honestly come out and outdo what he did last year. I think the thing that he doesn't have, uh, you know, uh, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I think the thing that he did not have last year was really health. If you look at what he was doing, kind of the trajectory that he was kind of sitting on at that point in time, um, you know, he was playing, if not every other day, he played 62 of the 80 games that were to be played. 
this year he doesn't have to worry about getting to a full 82. He also, as he mentioned, um, not in that clip, but he mentioned in a, um, you know uh, later in the press conference that the players have essentially had a full offseason off. So for him, he's coming back and he's looking at the situation in the Clippers as being a team that is more so focused on what is going to happen in the postseason, but with the preseason level of health. And that, I think, is extremely, extremely huge for the Clippers. The Clippers have been a team this year all year long that have been extremely uh, banged up. They've had little knick-knack injuries. Paul George didn't start the season. Paul George had a couple hamstring injuries. Patrick Beverly was out. Uh, Lou Williams was resting for a couple games. Uh, uh, they've been dealing with a, you know, you know, with a myriad of injuries all year long. The only you know, players that have really been healthy for the team this year have really been Ivisa Zubak and Montrez Harrell. Those have been the only two guys this year that have been 100% healthy the entire year. So looking at the Clippers, I think Kawhi this year, I can honestly see him coming out and in the playoffs, not necessarily in the eight games before because I think they're going to probably play him maybe five or five of those games because I think they don't want any question. I think the thing that you don't want to happen is a player have a catastrophic, I'm sorry, catastrophic injury in the eight games before you get to the playoffs. So if I'm them, Obviously, the first game that they play back is versus the Lakers. That's really the only game that, if I'm the Clippers, that matters. The other games are all seeding games. If I'm them, we play it on ear and we figure it out. And if we lose those games, we lose those games. We know how we match up against the Lakers. They've already played the Lakers, what, three times this year? If they play them again and they win, that'll be a 3-1 series win this year versus the Lakers. If I'm the Clippers, all we have to do is worry about seeing them. And if we don't see them, it'll be because they lost and not because we lost. So I'm looking at Kawhi. I think he can come out average 35, give you about two, you know, two and a half steals a game and really be a terror on defense and, and hopefully help the Clippers win a championship. What do you think? Well, you, I, listening to Doc Rivers earlier, to, you know, earlier today, he was saying, hey, you know what? He's glad Kawhi is 100 percent healthy, but he's still going to play it in the right way. He's still going to make sure that, you know, he's going to play error on the side of caution still, even with these eight games, because they know there's going to be a steep climb when it comes to the playoffs. But I think Kawhi could average at least 30. I think Paul George is going to have a, a spectacular playoff. Uh, he hasn't really come through in the big games that we've seen, like on Christmas Day and against the, the game against the uh, the Lakers uh, earlier in the season where he kind of was on a milk carton. Mm -hmm. uh, but other other games, we saw Paul George emerge. We saw him against the Houston Rockets where he had a phenomenal game against the mm -hmm. New Orleans Pelicans. So I think you're going to see a more consistent Paul George. Uh, I think Paul George thrives for the playoffs. I think he's more focused now along with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think, you know, like you said earlier, he had to make sure that he uh, medicated his injuries to a degree as far as making sure he healed up properly. He got the proper amount of treatment, the proper amount of rest and so forth, along with Patrick Beverly, who was another person that was banged up. That was key to their defense. Uh, so when you have guys like that that are healthy, that are ready to go, guys that uh, you got a new guy in there like Joakim Noah. Who, mm -hmm. uh, who was and proven actually, to be, I want to talk to you about him in a second. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely proven that he, you know, he can bang around on the inside with the best of them. Uh, you know, you have somebody, uh, you know, like mm -hmm. a, um, you know, Reggie Jackson who can actually move the ball up the floor. Uh, you have a plethora of Montrezl Harrell. So you have a plethora of guys. And, and, of course, the key to all of this is Lou Williams. I've said that before, and I'll say it again. However... Lou Williams moves is how this Clippers team is going to move because I believe that he is the spine, so to speak, of this Clippers team or one of the vertebrae mm -hmm. of this Clippers team, a very mm -hmm. uh, strong vertebrae to be exact because we always talk about Kawhi and Paul George, but we never really give the props and the credit due as far as the, the, the presence that Lou Williams brings on the floor night in and night out. 
Very, very good point. And speaking of that, perfect point to transition because I want to talk about the Clippers X Factors. But before I talk about that, I really want to um, have this Lou Williams clip about why he decided to come back. Lou Williams was a guy that actually was a proponent of boycotting the season. Uh, but, the, you know, according to Doc Rivers and all of the guys on the team, the players themselves took a vote as to if they were going to come back. And all of the players as a collective voted to come back. So they all agreed to come back collectively. I'll play this Lou Williams clip, and then we'll actually talk about the X Factors because I think that that's a great point. And I want to talk about Lou Williams and Montrez because I think they're both X Factors. Here's Lou Williams talking earlier yesterday about coming back and why they chose to come back. Um, we, sp um, we spoke as the group. We spoke as a team, and we decided that our decision was going to be um, it was going to be everybody or nobody. Um, and so once we sat down, we had a conversation, we decided to take a vote um, and we just had more things in common and we just decided that we were going to come as a group. And so I'm part of the group. I have a lot of thoughts and, and ideas of, of the things that I feel um, strongly about personally, but I represent a group. I represent an organization. And so um, ultimately that led to my decision. All right. So we heard what Lou had to say. Um, he talked about representing the group and representing the organization. Um, he also spoke in that same press conference about how proud he was of the fact that, um, you know, you know, that Lou, I'm sorry, not that Lou, that the Clippers, as well as Lou Williams, works for an organization like the NBA that has always been at the forefront of social issues and social change. Um, and he also spoke about, you know, that being one of the also other reasons as to why he wasn't, you know, kind of really too concerned once they all agreed to come back because of the fact that the NBA has always been a proponent of change. So what are your thoughts on the Clippers and their X factors? Um, who do you think will be the Clippers X factors in the bubble? Personally, I think that it's up to Lou Williams and Montrez Herald to capture that same amount of magic that they had before. But I think that the difference is, is that um, a guy in Joaquin Noah, who I actually think is going to be the Clippers largest X factor in the bubble, uh, personally, because I've spoken about this um, when I did the Locked On Clips podcast, uh, you uh -huh. know, with the guys of, of the Locked On Clips podcast, uh, you know, Ivisa Zubak is always in foul trouble. He's has he's he has more fouls already this year than he had last year, and he had played a, a little bit more minutes. He's a guy that I worry about being in foul trouble, but also Montrez Harrell is a guy that I worry about defending in the paint against teams with size, as well as potentially having to be a rim protector against a team like the Houston Rockets or the Denver Nuggets. So I think Joe Kim Noah will actually be an X factor for this team as they move forward because I think even if he comes off the bench and gives them eight to ten minutes a game of solid defense and rebounding. When he played last year on the Memphis Grizzlies, he still came in and played very well in his backup role behind Jonas Valanciunas. Nick, what are your thoughts? Well, you know what? I think it's an interesting point that you make about Joaquin Noah because you said eight to ten minutes, and, yeah, we think, oh, okay, that's just eight to ten minutes. But I look at beyond that. I look at the coaching, what he's going to be coaching on the sidelines when he's not in the game, giving guys like Ivan Zubak, you know, input, giving him – an overall outlook and where he should be. And then in the practices, too, working with Zubak, making him tougher but smarter at the same time so he doesn't get caught up in foul trouble as much. I think same thing with, with you know, Montrez Harrell. I think Montrez Harrell is an incredible player. I think the guy plays with, with energy, plays with a lot of passion, but he's going to have to learn how to control that passion sometimes because that passion, unfortunately, has got him into some trouble uh, down the stretch. And I think he's going to have to learn how to control that. And I think you got a guy like Joe Kim knows all about energy, but I think he's matured enough to know when to turn that energy on and when to turn it off. And I think that's going to be a key factor, not just from a physical standpoint, but from a mental, because Doc has always preached to his players, even throughout the quarantine, hey, let's win the weight, meaning let's be tough 
not just physically, but let's be tough mentally. He's been mm-hmm. preaching that all season, but especially during the quarantine. So I think now you got another guy who is on on uh, on one accord with Doc Rivers to mm-hmm. say, you know what, let's win mentally as as well as physically within the 94 feet. And if they can do that, I think they'll be tremendously successful and possibly on their way to winning their first ever NBA championship. Yeah, and for me personally, I think the biggest thing that Noah adds is that Noah is comfortable with a Doc Rivers defensive scheme and a defensive system. And the reason why I say that is not because Doc Rivers has ever coached Joaquin Noah, but Tom Thibodeau, if you know anything about the Chicago Bulls and Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau was the driving force behind Doc Rivers' defense, um, you know, that defended against the Lakers and won that championship against the Lakers. They won the championship. He went on then to coach the Bulls and take the Bulls to the conference finals. Tom Thibodeau's defense is Doc Rivers' defense. Tom Thibodeau, if uh, because you all don't know this because you haven't been there behind the scenes, has been at a numerous amount of Clippers games and Clippers practices this year talking to the coaches and talking with players. So he is a guy that has been around this organization. Joakim Noah is a guy that is extremely fiery and known for being one of Tom Thibodeau's greatest defenders when Tom Thibodeau was coaching in Chicago, but uh, and, and, and not physically on the court, but off the court as well. So he is a guy that will rally behind Doc Rivers and, and likes a player's coach. A lot of guys don't necessarily care for Doc Rivers' approach, and we've heard about some players talking about how in his earlier days, Doc was a guy that might have been a little bit more of a physical confrontational guy, which I haven't personally seen him scream on anybody or kind of get in anybody's face or anything of that uh, point. But I can remember hearing players on like the knuckleheads and other stuff talk about their interactions with Doc and how they didn't necessarily care for it. Noah is a guy that's going to thrive on it. Noah is a guy that's going to be on the floor uh, when the timeouts happen, being the first person off the bench to not slap hands because obviously because of COVID, but to say, hey, you missed this rotation here. Hey, you should be over here. Hey, if you do this, cut them off here. Play this part of the weak side this way and do that. And speaking of Noah, I want to pull up this clip of him talking about um, kind of, you know, how he feels about coming back. I'm going to play this for about a minute or so, and then we're going to go ahead. We're going to talk about Paul George, um, and then we're going to get ready to get out of here. All righty, I'm going to go ahead and play this Joakim Noah clip. Hey, what's up, Noah? How you doing, sir? How you doing? All right. I got a couple questions for you. First, why the number 55? And then I'd like to know some of your colleagues have expressed the fact that they didn't want to go back to the bubble, feeling it would take away from some of the – social justice issues that they want to other want to focus on why is it important for you to come back and play and then what message would you like to send to a society and the youth about coming back to play basketball i think that um we're very blessed to be working right now you know um a lot of people don't have jobs right now this is a a time where uh, there's not a lot of hope so hopefully being out there and playing uh, bring brings hope and we can uh, this is this is what we this is what we love to do is play basketball and this is how how we inspire so uh, everybody has a responsibility to to use their platforms and and, um, and bring positive and uh, I think that that's what it's all about just being able to use your platforms and and um, and, and bring to the community. Thank you. Uh, next is uh, Brad Turner. Go ahead, Brad. Thank you. How you doing, Joe? Cam? 
I'm just curious, um, you sign with the team, a 10-day contract, and then they sign you for the rest of the season. How are you feeling physically, and how are your skills right now since you haven't played in a while? Uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I feel really blessed to be in this situation. Um, you know, in September, I, I, I had a freak accident and cut my Achilles. And, um, you know, I told myself that that's just not how I want to end my career. So, you know, the day after the surgery, I was, I was in the gym working out with the, the hope of, of making this team, you know, and um, I kept, I knew that if I didn't, keep training and if I got a call from the Clippers and I wasn't ready I knew I would have regrets for the rest of my life so I kept training and to be in this position right now I, I, I feel very fortunate to be in this position um, being with God great players being in a position to 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 win a championship uh, it's not something that I take for granted um, you know we're away from our families right now but this is the price that we have to pay uh, all righty. So thank you, uh, you know, Joakim, uh, for the eloquent answers. I love the fact <laughs> that he is a guy that is also a grizzled vet when it comes to speaking to the media. So he knows the right thing to say. He's been in a national spotlight since he was at Florida. So I think he, him, you know, my two X factors for this team are Montrez and Joakim. I think Montrez Harrell has to come out and play like a max player. Uh, in order for him to be able to not only get the maximum contract that he wants, but also in order for him to really be able to establish himself as one of those guys. I think he's a guy that if he gets a max or or goes to the Eastern Conference, he can be an all-star next year. And I think, But I think you make that and you make and you start your legacy and make your bones in the playoffs. You don't do that in a regular season playing on a bad team. The run starts now. So I think he has to begin his run. Um, yep. Play really, really well and come out and really, really ball because also if he does not play well, the media will blame him. He was one of the players that called, uh, you know, the other players in the locker room out this season. So he has to perform well in the bubble. What do you think? Well, I think he definitely has to come up with a huge playoff impact. I think if you, especially on a contract year, uh, we've seen a lot of guys make names for, the, for themselves that have already had names. We knew about Damian Lillard. We knew how great Damian Lillard was, but America didn't know until – the playoffs against Golden State when he made that ridiculous shot. I think it was against Golden State or was it OKC? One of those two teams I think he played uh, against where he made that oh, ridiculous. Oh, oh, oh you're, talking about, you're, talking about, you're talking about a couple years ago or last year? Yeah, last year yeah. when he made that ridiculous yeah, shot. I mean, I mean, that and he also had the shot against the Rockets where he right. where he beat them as well. That's, a, that's so America Dame has knew, a few shots. Dame no, has and, a few shots. And America knew about Damian Lillard, much like how we saw yeah. with other players. And so I think Montrez can have the same impact. If he has an impactful playoff series, and really gets in there and does what he's supposed to do because Lord knows he's talented to the gills. So there's no excuse why he cannot perform on a high level like he should, especially during the contract year. If you want your money, big boy, go ahead and get your money. Break bread and play dead. I agree. So before we get ready to get into the very last topic, because I want to talk about Paul George, uh, because obviously I've been seeing a lot of slander on Twitter talking about Paul George um, and if he will be able uh. to step up in the playoffs. But before that, I want to play this quick clip of PG talking about, um, you know, just coming back. This is from his first media session that he did, uh, you know, with the media via Zoom. So I'm going to play this right now, and then we'll talk about Paul George and if he will be able to step up this playoffs. Uh, it'll be great. I had, I mean, this is our first time being together. We haven't practiced yet. Um, but, I mean, it's just great to be around the whole group. 
um, at once. Um, you know, we've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Uh, but so, I mean, it just feels good. Group of great guys. And, and again, we just want to pick up where we left off at. And then I know you guys have obviously a lot of incentive to get going again because of the title aspirations you have. But did you have any reservations based on George Floyd, the social justice? And a lot, there's a lot of talk about not wanting to divert the spotlight. Were you, did you have any reservation about playing and what that might mean? Or were you, were you all in? Um, it was mixed emotions. I think, you know, it, it was a roller coaster of whether we should play or not. I think ultimately as a young African-American, I think we have an unbelievable opportunity to use our voices. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think it's taken away by starting a league. I don't think it's taken away of, of what's the important issues in our, in our world. I think we can still address those um, more so than we've done before with our platforms. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's just, again, another unbelievable opportunity. Spotlight is on us. This is we're, we're opening back up the sports world. And, um, you know, with that alone, we should have more than enough uh, of, you know, an opportunity to get our message and our points across. All righty. So that was Paul George talking about, um, you know, why he and why he feels that, you know, the players, um, you know, you know, you know, we're right in coming back or at least not wrong in coming back. Um, and also he kind of spoke a little bit about just kind of how interesting it'll be because he hasn't seen any of the guys uh, before. So what do you expect from Paul George, Nick? How do you feel about PG? What do you think he will be able to do in this playoffs? Obviously, he has not really performed well in the playoffs. Really, he really hasn't performed up to par in the playoffs since, honestly, the year when they faced Miami – uh, when he was playing on the Pacers. That's the last time Paul George has actually had a memorable playoff series to me. What are your thoughts? How uh, Do you think he will step up? Will he be the Scottie Pippen to Kawhi Leonard's Michael Jordan? What do you think? Well, I think he's had an inconsistent playoff appearance because I think we, we, we expect so much from Paul George. We expect, you know, his skill set to be so high. He has a very high basketball IQ, so we expect certain things from him when he doesn't perform up to par. Yeah, we, we feel like a bit disappointed, but I will say this much. Paul George is definitely energized. He's ready. I think Paul George is a dude that has to be comfortable and be sure within himself. I don't think we saw that throughout the season. I think he was battling more mental injury than physical injury, and that yeah. can play on players. I mean, we've he heard that time that. and time again, you know, how players, you know, not they can come back physically, but it, doesn't, it takes them a while longer to come back mentally. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, folks need to leave Paul George alone. Let that man play his game the way he needs to play it. I like the way he plays. I like the way he attacks the game. I like the way he spaces out the floor. He has great court vision. He knows where to be in certain instances. I mean, people were were back, you know, were, were bashing him before. And then when he came back, and he was knocking down three pointers like it was going out of style. Then everybody wanted to be back on his job. So to me, my thing is let Paul George be him. That's the one thing. The beautiful thing I love about Doc Rivers is that Doc loves players to be themselves. He, he understands this. You know, he has a system, and they fall into line. But at the same time, Paul George knows where to be and how to go about doing it. And he doesn't he doesn't get in the way of Kawhi Leonard. He actually is able to be his one B to, to Kawhi Leonard being one A. And I think that's very important. I, I think, think they've learned the how to be him. chemical. I mean, excuse yeah. me, how to, how to have chemistry, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I guess they are chemical. They're flowing together. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely chemical. do flow they're, they're together. Like chemicals. that's the thing about it is that <laughs> people can say what they want, but this but in OKC last year. Russ essentially kind of gave him the, you know, the team and the keys to the offense. He said, okay, all right, 
I'll step back and become more of the assist rebound guy, which is what he more so leaned in. He also was shooting terribly last year, so he wasn't trying to take – I mean, he was still taking a lot of shots, but not as many as he should have been had he been shooting as well as he was doing this year in terms of Russell Westbrook. So Paul George stepped up to the plate defensively and really did what he was supposed to do on that Oklahoma City team last year, as well as offensively. He was a true MVP candidate last year. I personally thought that he at least deserved to be in that top two kind of conversation. I understand what Giannis did. I understand what James Harden did. But personally, I think that there's two sides of the ball, and I thought Paul George was playing a little bit better. And at the point in which he claims he tore his rotator cuff, is when his play started to fall down. He started to drive more to the basket, shoot less from the field, and play a lot worse than he did. And then obviously in the playoffs, he did not play good and not play up to par, which is unfortunate that he didn't do that, but it is what it is. And he can't use the excuse of being hurt. I don't think any player really can because we saw Kawhi play hurt last year, really come through and do what he was supposed to do for that Toronto Raptors team. So I think Paul George, this playoff has to come out. And without a doubt, be the second best player on this team. He cannot come out this year and be passive or be lax because he feels that he has Kawhi Leonard there behind him. There will be more focus than ever on all of these players' games because of the fact that there will be no crowd there, nothing behind to be a distraction. This will be about the players. The presentation will be about the players. And if it is, the guys that are going to play terrible, the jokes are going to fly, whether they're in the media <laughs> or whether they are on Twitter. So if you are playing, you better come and show out. And Paul George, he better come and show out, especially because he mentioned in the press conferences that we were all on that he feels as though he's finally healthy. And he said that earlier as you spoke to the, you know, to the mental lapses that he was having, he felt it was much more mental for him in terms of his level of play. So I think he has to come out. If he doesn't come out and at least average 24, 25 and play great defense and rebound and make timely plays and timely shots, it's going to be a lot of conversations being had about him. Go ahead. Well, I think, too, here's the thing we got to understand about Paul George. Paul George is not afraid, uh, not afraid to play his role. So what, on some nights, you may not have Paul George give you 25 and 12. He may need to give you maybe 18 and 11 or something to that degree and let Kawhi go off for like 25 and 30 and then let the rest of the team like Lou Williams and Montrez and, and guys like that, you know, fill out the stat sheet, so to speak. So it, it, you have to pay attention to what's being what's being mm-hmm. dictated and then what we can expect from the opposition dictating how you know, Paul George needs to play, whether it's defensively. Maybe he has a great defensive night. He may not have a great offensive night. That's the beauty about Paul George. Yeah. If he if it's not going offensively for him, he can give it to you on the defensive end and vice versa. So I think that's that, that's the, the the beauty and the special uh, touch that, that Paul George has with this team and be able to coexist with this team because, yeah, listen, this is a Clipper team. They only have three games really they have to play within this yeah. eight-game little restart, whatever you want to call it. I think it's foolishness, but call it what you may. But I think obviously against the Lakers, maybe two more games against Western Conference opponents. And then you just let everybody rest. Like, okay, look, we're going to play you maybe 12, 14 minutes a game, rally out the troops. Let's see, you know, Doc is trying to figure out what his, his, his final playoff lineup is going to be more than likely. So that's what you do. You use the last four games to say, okay, hey, look, who can we shuffle in? Is it going to be a Reggie Jackson? Is it going to be, you know, how much can Joakim give us night in and night out? You know, you want to know something crazy? When we were talking about those X factors, I completely forgot about Reggie Jackson, who actually in his last three games or two games or whatever, as a Clipper, actually was starting to develop an off, I'm sorry, rhythm. He also has had a lot of months to be able to watch tape. 
And he spoke to the media the other day as well. And he mentioned how, you know, how this offense isn't very complicated in terms of complex. You just have to know the right reads. He really, I think he said, and I'm paraphrasing it, but he said, anybody that knows anything about basketball can play within this offense. You just have to make the right reads and know where you need to get the ball. So I'm glad that he knows that that is what his role is on this team. Because far too many times, Reggie Jackson has done too much and I don't need him to do too much. You have Paul George. <laughs> you have Kawhi. You have Montrez. You have Lou Williams. Just come in, play smart. When Patrick Beverly get into foul trouble because he's growling at people and growling <laughs> in their ear and snarling at LeBron, you know, come in and step up and make valuable plays. But that's about it. I think this championship run for the Clippers, if they will win a championship, will begin and end with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. TP, as yes. intelligent as you are when it comes yes. to basketball, you and Pav, even though I disagree with some of y'all takes, because good Lord, I swear y'all be drinking with some guys <laughs> between some of these takes. But what I will say is this much, all jokes aside, the biggest X factor that we have not considered, neither one of us have mm-hmm. spoken on this on this show, the biggest X factor to all of this, whether it's the Clippers, whether it's Kawhi, Paul George, or whoever, is the Rona. Yeah, The Rona is. is going to play the biggest X yep. factor. Because I don't think that we're going to crown a champion this year. Really? Not because really? the Clippers aren't suited. Not okay. because their other teams aren't suited. Okay. I think because it's a time factor issue. We're against, we're against okay. the clock. You know, you, you, you and I both watch games where teams have been down by 20 and they got seven minutes to go and they're trying to hurry up and make a rally. And it's just not – they get down to maybe three, three to four points, but it's just not enough time to complete the rally. That's what I think which this is, is going to come down to. With which the is also one thing I will say. I didn't watch that TBT uh, tournament, the basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. But the one I didn't watch it in full. I watched like a piece of a couple games. But the one thing that I really did enjoy was that I think, um, I don't know if it was blowout rules or, or time constraints where the mm-hmm. games had to end at a certain level of points. I think if you're the NBA, rather than having teams play out the full quarters, I think there should literally be a 20-minute blowout rule. And whatever the 20-minute blowout rule, I'm sorry, not 20-minute, 20-point blowout rule. And the 20-point blowout rule is if it's below six minutes left in the game or four minutes left in the game and the team is up by 20, the next team to get to the next even number of, of like, you know, the next tens. So so if you had, so if if a team is at 83 and the other team is at, is at 103 or 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 10 yeah you know you know like 103 with 4 minutes left that means if they get to 110 the game is over that means you limit the amount of contact these guys have to have and you also aren't ruining the game because nobody's going to sit and watch 4 minutes of garbage time anyways no you know what and, i mean and, and, yeah you increase you're right you increase the the, the opportunity for guys to to catch it because we know yeah. in the state of Florida the numbers continue to keep climbing like they do here in California yeah. so you, you, there's no guarantee of guys not getting it. I mean, we, we, we heard, we heard of, uh, on, uh, on Monday afternoon that two more players tested positive mm-hmm. for COVID-19. And Lord Russell knows Westbrook how many. Westbrook announced today he tested yeah, positive. he's for one of them, yeah. And he was one of the guys that I saw on Instagram working out with Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart trainer and all of this stuff all around well, Los Angeles. Remember this, too. He was at a rally, uh, you know, a protest rally in Compton a few weeks back with DeMar DeRozan and Kendrick Lamar and everybody that was in Compton. So you never know because I saw him time and time again taking off his mask, walking around without his mask. And I'm not saying that to, to, to 
vilify him or just say, hey, man, you know, you were wrong for what you did. No, he had to speak to the people. He's speaking to the crowd. Um, but in, in, in that, even though his heart was in the right place, you got to always be cognizant of, hey, man, should I really be out here? I know my heart tells me I want to be out here, but maybe I can't for the sake of my health. Plus, he has kids. He has a wife. Um, you got to consider all those factors. Yeah, he has so, triplets, correct? Or, or I, twins, or he has twins, yeah, and then another kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got all exactly. I know he's got three kids. Yeah, all his kids you. have been in like the last four or five years, so they're all infants. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, you got to consider those things. That's why or I said I, I have to agree with Charles Barkley on that. I don't think we're gonna be able to crown a champion, not because we can't. It's because oh, the numbers are gonna that? be staggering. When did he uh, that? I believe about a week, two weeks ago, he really? was like, okay. "I don't think we're gonna be able to complete the season. I don't think we're gonna be able to crown a champion because Corona is definitely the numbers continue to stagger." Florida's not being responsible as a state to try to contain this. Um, and so you got people coming in and out of that bubble that, you know, workers and what have you, uh, people working in the hotels, things like that. Anything. I mean, we found out yeah. that you can touch something and catch it, you know, 24 hours later. Yeah. So we don't know how this thing is, is really, really how we can, you know, catch it, how you can spread it on. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know if we're going to be able to finish out this season, not just with the NBA, but I don't even think in, in any sport because it's too much going on. There's too many, there's too many factors that are in the way. I would love to see us crown a champion this season because I think it's necessary. I think it's, it's necessary, but it's, it's definitely something that, that we need as a nation. Uh, but I just don't see it happening, man, unfortunately, because, of what's going on with, with the coronavirus and mm -hmm. people not wearing masks and social distancing and things of that nature. And the numbers continue to climb each and every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, Florida had over 15,000 cases yeah. just recently. Yeah. Yeah. Doc Rivers actually, I think, spoke about that earlier. I wonder, actually, do I have the? I might have this, this quote from Doc Rivers earlier. Actually, he was speaking specifically about the bubble. Let me see if it's here. Because he's talking about Kawhi Leonard's health as well. As a group, in terms of Kawhi, does that mean you're going to still have limitations on him in terms of minutes played or the back-to-back? -back? Uh, I don't know that yet, Andrew, uh, but no limits. Uh, Kawhi's healthy, you know, for the most part. That still doesn't mean that we don't want to maintain uh, him and get him through the first eight games and get ready for the playoffs. Uh, we want to be smart about this, not just with Kawhi, it's with everybody. Uh, but, you know, having everybody healthy – was more about training camp. I mean, we really did not have a great training camp uh, because we didn't have enough bodies and, and enough of our key guys practicing and, and getting in. You know, we have a virtually new team, so we needed new our new guys to be on the floor, and we, we didn't have that ability to do that. Uh, this time, for the most part, we'll have everybody in. Thanks, Andrew. Next up is Cameron. As a group. Yeah, I'm sorry. I guess he didn't speak about it in that clip, but he did speak about it today, at least um, in terms of the bubble. They were, you know, because I believe uh, one of the reporters, as uh, the story broke from Shams and Woj or whatever, actually Woj just suspended. Woj, hold on, wait a minute. Woj, Woj, Woj. If you want to stop working for them, come work with us. I didn't say for us. Come work with us. All right, we got millions of people. I'm sorry, we got millions of people here. We got a platform. You cannot tell me, Woj, that you can't utilize our platform with your own Woj exclusive Patreon and be able to tell ESPN to stick it where the sun don't shine. Woj, come over to H&B, be a part of the team, 
Build your own stuff so that way can't nobody suspend you. Come work with the team. Anyway. All I got to say is free. All I got to say is uh, free Woj and Woj can work with Nightfall Media anytime he wants to work with them. Yeah. You know, we can he gonna come to He going to come to H&B Media first because we want to. We, we going to start a bidding war for Woj. All right. Well, well let's, let's, get, let's put the money and put the suitcases up. <laughs> like, like Nipsey said, get your lawyer on the phone. We can make it real. But anyways, Nick, I appreciate you for joining me on the new show in L.A., the All Clippers show. I, am, I will be back now doing this once a week. Now that we are back into the full swing of things, it's actually easier to do this at home because of all the Zooms than it is to cover the games because then I got to be there for six, eight hours, then edit and all that stuff. So <laughs> it'll be a lot easier for me to be able to do the new show in L.A. and still be able to keep up with everything that's going on. Uh, currently, um, we will continue to bring you all exclusive sports coverage and sports highlights and conversations. H&B Media TV is here to stay. We are looking for new voices. If you are a new voice out there and you have your sports podcast or your video podcast, or you make sports videos, or you're a random reporter in Oklahoma that covered the Sooners, but you want more than whatever traffic you get right now. Send us an email, hit us up, contact at Hoops and Brews. We are looking to work with everybody. We are starting the new and the next generation of media and sports media. Hashtag we do media better. If you're watching this, make sure you go right now. You like the video right now. You subscribe to the channel as well. Also, please make sure you go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash H&B. We have an exclusive, uh, you, know, you know, chat room there for all of the fans that want to join in. You'll get access to all of the podcasts six hours before anybody else, and you get to help support your favorite media platform. As always, it's your boy, TPJ. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram at RealTPJ. And I want to thank my special guest, Nick Hamilton, for joining me on the new show in L.A. Nick, go ahead, talk to the people, let them know where they can find you at. Hey, man. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, man. Continue success with all that you all are doing. Uh, you can find me on all things social media at Nick Hamilton LA. You can catch me on my weekly show, digital weekly show called The NH Experience uh, every week on YouTube and, and all streaming platforms. Uh, you can catch me uh, on Nightfall Media, N-I-T-E-F-A-L-L-M-E-D-I-A dot com. And uh, catch me everywhere you can catch me. I appreciate yes. the opportunity, bro. Please do go. Check out Nightfall Media. Talk to Nightfall Media. Check them out. Nick covers, as I said, the Lakers. He does an extremely great job of covering the Lakers. He is a veteran reporter in L.A., veteran reporter on the scene and in media. He covers everything from basketball to sports to galas to award shows. You name it. He does it. He covers it. Um, you can feel free. Tell the people where they can catch you at on television because I know you're always on television. Um, you know, you know, talking with the guys on the morning talk shows. Can you let them know where they can find you at it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, you can catch me on NBC4 here in Los Angeles. I'm going Rogan. I'm, I'm usually on there every week. I'm on AM570 in L.A. Or if, you don't, if you're not in L.A., you can catch me on the iHeartRadio app on AM570, Lunchtime with Rogan and Rodney. Uh, you can also catch me on Dash Radio, Dash Talk X, the opposite reaction with myself and my other host, Jackie Ray. Uh, we get into it. Uh, we don't agree on hardly anything, so it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful show. It's just life. It's just fun. Sports, politics, pop culture, you name it, we do it. All right. All righty. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> I appreciate you for joining me on the new show in L.A., and I will get up with you later. Fans, all of you all out there, thank you as well for joining and checking out the new show in L.A. As I said before, I will be back here next week. Same channels, YouTube.com slash TV. Also, YouTube.com slash hoops and brews make sure if you want to donate continue to support this channel bit.ly slash h&b tips patreon.com slash h&b 
or you can hit us up on Streamlabs, streamlabs.com slash hoops and brews. Feel free to support us. We appreciate every single thing. And until next time, I will get up with you all later. This has been your boy TPJ on the new show in LA for youtube.com slash HB Media TV. We will see you all later. And until then, stay healthy, stay safe. Peace out.